This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase. Welcome back to Liquid Lunch on a fabulous Friday here in downtown Toronto. The weather's getting perfect. It'll be perfect for a couple of weeks, and then it'll be too hot. Then it'll be perfect for a couple of days, and then it'll be too cold again. But uh, today's perfect, and uh, Hildegard is my co-host today. Yeah, Hildegard. thanks for having me. We have a fabulous next guest. Why don't we you? We uh, have an amazing lady with us, and uh, we have Masha Lecour here. Thank you so much for being with us, Martha. You're an author. You're about to release your book on Hepatitis C, Seven Simple Steps to Shift from Surviving to Thriving After Hepatitis C. Welcome, Marsha, and thank you, thank you for coming here to tell us your story. Thank Which, you. when thank I first heard about it, I thought, this is, how can you be so calm and nice and loving? And when I heard part of your story, I got really upset. What happened? Well, um, let me go back a bit here. Um, when I was born, I was diagnosed with an opening in the heart called patent ductus arteriosus, which means that uh, an artery should have been closed and it wasn't. And that meant that I would have to have open heart surgery at age four. So at age four, I was put into the hospital for sick children, had the surgery with Dr. Fraser Muster, which turned out to be very successful. And at the same time, I received a blood transfusion. The blood transfusion contained tainted blood, and that's how I contracted hepatitis C. However, that didn't become apparent right away, did No, it? that's correct. That's right. You know what's weird is, like, we hear about hepatitis C all the time, right? And it's associated with, uh, I guess... Uh, I don't know what it's associated with, but, you know, but the thing is, I don't really know what it is or what the symptoms are. Can you tell us what, yes. what that's all about? So generally, this is how people get it, through blood-to-blood contact. Now, you wouldn't get it through just hugging somebody um, or shaking their hand. It has to be blood-to-blood contact. Right, okay, so okay. it's like... Uh, and yet it and can be a, transmitted through sexual intercourse? It can through a small percentage, and they're doing some research on that right now. Okay. Yeah. So, so blood transfusion is one way to get it. Uh, other ways, people, if you've shared an IV needle... Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I was trying to think of. So drug yeah. use. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. people with alcohol will contract hepatitis C. And it's uh, associated with the liver, is that right? That's right. It... It creates ongoing damage to the liver over a period of many years. And people who have, ha- have hepatitis C may not even know they have it and may not show symptoms for many years. What, are, what, what would some of the symptoms be? Could be fatigue, could be depression. Uh, people get anemic. Sometimes they have brain fog, m- maybe some difficulty with remembering things. That could be everybody. Yeah, it could be everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now, the biggest target group right now that we're asking people to get uh, diagnosed are baby boomers. And those are the people in Canada in, born anywhere between 1945 to 1965. Now, why that group? 
Actually, Dr. Feld and I did a, he's a liver uh, researcher at the University of Toronto. He happens to be my, my liver doctor. And he was saying that that's the group at the Big Carrot last night. We did a talk, which is a health food store in Toronto. And he was saying that's the group that probably has the highest risk factors. And he says he's not interested in de- determining what are the risk factors. He's just saying that's the group that really needs to be tested. So everybody should be tested in that group Ultimately, pretty much? yes. Yes. Wow. And what is involved in the, in the test? It's a simple blood test that's covered by OHIP. Wow. But you, what specifically does he attribute that risk factor to? Did he give any indication? Well, for example, you know, if you're born in that group, a lot of us grew up in the 60s. And we're, we were doing a number of things that contributed to the risk factors. IV what were drug those use, things? for oh, example. Yeah. That was a big one. Um, sometimes... If you had many sex partners, there could be transmission. If there is some kind of a blood-to-blood contact, alcohol use, things like that. So it like was that. the open, free love kind of yeah, era. Yeah, sort of thing. But we don't mm-hmm. want to sort of say, you know, one specific factor. Mm-hmm. It's just baby boomers within that group get tested. So you had a very ordinary medical checkup. I did. What happened? Please tell us about okay, it. How so did you become aware that you actually had well, that? Well, my family physician said to me, oh, we noticed something unusual in your blood work related to the liver. And how old were you at this point? At that point, this was the late 80s. Okay. And so that would have been, let me guess here. Where, where are we now? 2016? So born in 52, 72, late 30s, let's say. Okay. Okay. And... As a result of that, he said, I'm sending you to a liver specialist. Went to a liver specialist at the Toronto General Hospital. At the time, they hadn't detected the blood marker yet for hepatitis C. So I was diagnosed with non-A, non-B hepatitis. And I said to the doctor, I've never heard of hepatitis. What is it? Mm -hmm. Then he told me it's a virus that attacks the liver. And I remember two things he said very clearly. He said... You are not a candidate for treatment right now because you don't have enough damage to the liver. However, you will probably be a candidate for a liver transplant down the road. Whoa, that's not good news. No, what, what do you mean? Not enough damage? To the They're liver. kind of told you go home, get damaged some more? Uh, that's, and that's still the situation today for treatment. Really? But I will talk about that in a minute. So let me come back to this liver, the uh, liver transplant. So I said, tell me more about liver transplants. He said, right now, we are working with pig's livers. And I thought, pig's livers? I really can't see myself having a pig's liver because I'm a vegetarian. So there's no way on God's green earth that you're going to put a pig's liver inside of me. So I decided then I was going to be, become my own advocate and do whatever I could that was legal, moral, and ethical to either eradicate the damage to the liver or slow it down and over a course of many years i spent a lot of money and i tried naturopathy homeopathy meditation all kinds of things and i had hepatitis c for over 50 years so i think uh, i was one of those few people who was fortunate to be able to live a you know a fairly good quality of life with that that's a long duration of hepatitis C. And yet you weren't aware of it until... Until the late 80s. Late yeah. 80s. And that, no, like you lived your almost your whole life up until... Uh, just, a couple you know, years ago. Until the 30, until your late 30s. Not knowing I not had Not knowing it. that you had it. Yeah. So that's a, an excellent rationale yeah. for that. Everyone in that age group that you said yeah, should exactly. probably go and get a test for. Yeah. Um, what did it for you then? How did you 
not wanting the pig liver because you're vegetarian, actually very nice. <laughs> what happened next? So you went all these different alternative routes. Would, what would you say brought you to a point where your blood showed no more hepatitis C? Well, okay, so here's what happened. So I was mentioning Dr. Jordan Feld, who I did a talk with last night at the uh, Big Carrot. He had been monitoring me for many years, and he finally said uh, in the fall of 2013, he said, okay, the time has come now where you will need treatment because there's more damage to your liver. And I thought my back's against the wall, so I had to do treatment. So long story short... Uh, I did treatment from April of 2013 to, uh, actually May 2013 to April 2014 for 48 weeks. And as a result of that, it was it was sort of similar to chemo with side effects like hair loss, lost weight, depression, had to go to a therapist for the depression. I didn't want to take, you know, antidepressants. Was it like a... It was pretty brutal. Was it pills that you were taking? Or pills and self-injections where you give your needle yourself a needle once a week. And what was the, I mean, what were they giving you that? To, so, what does it do? So triple therapy, here's what it was. It was ribavirin, interferon, and Insovec. And Insovec, another name for that was tolaprevir. And I took the tolaprevir for, for 12 weeks. And it was the worst 12 weeks of the entire treatment. It really, it was brutal. Now, did it help your liver? I mean, did it help with the... Uh, well, as a result of all that, yeah. I am cured now. Cured? Yes, so I what, am what cured. So what were these drugs to do? To, to get rid of the virus? Yes, get rid of the virus. So you're actually cured. I am now officially cured. And I want to say now, mm-hmm. hepatitis C, as far as I know, is the only uh, infectious disease that has a cure. Wow, that's... Yeah, uh, it's huge. It's huge. And that's why Dr. Feld is really on the bandwagon to let the whole world know that there is now a known cure for hepatitis C with the new drugs. Now, back then, I was taking this old form with ribavirin interferon. The success rate was about 65%. Now, it's 95%. And what does make the difference? It's new meds with very few side effects. And you only have to take it, I think, anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks. So people today to do that wouldn't go through the same problems no. that you had when you no. had, had not a greater at all. likelihood of success. Yeah. And so Dr. Felt is at University of Toronto? He's a, yes, he's a major researcher. He's, uh-huh. a, he's a professor at the uh-huh. University of Toronto, and he has a liver clinic at the Toronto General Hospital. So if anybody's listening now and has challenges with their liver, it may be good to make a notation of that right. name. I and mean, I, that sounds like big news. That that is, it's there's huge a cure news. for hepatitis That's C. That's right. Now, there's right? no vaccine, but there is a cure. It's huge news. Yeah. Huge. How come we and don't in, know about that? Well, we're, we're starting to get on the bandwagon. He and I had a, a, a meeting at Queen's Park with a prominent MPP mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday who gave us his listening ear, and he has connections to, you know, the Minister of Health, and so we're, we put that wheel in motion. So how long has this cure been in existence then? Just a couple of years now wow. with these new medications. Holy cow. Yeah. And it couldn't be administered before the liver had fallen apart to a certain degree? Now, this is it one of the... It just doesn't make a sense to me. The, this is one of the uh, problems. So let me talk about cancer, for example. Cancer has four stages of damage or let's say four stages of cancer. 
The oncologist does not say to you, okay, Mary Jane, come back when you have stage three cancer. <laughs> right now, uh, hepatitis C has four stages of damage to the liver. And yet you're told, come back but when you're worse. We will only treat you at stages three and four and not stage one and two. That must be devastating. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. The longer you wait to get treated, the more it's going to cost the government down the road. Because if you have more damage, then you increase the likelihood that you're going to get both a liver transplant and get cancer. So it makes an economic sense to treat early. Mm -hmm. And when you were told, just go home, try again to get worse, did these... Now, uh, here's technologies exist already? Did no. Dr. Let Felt have that ready no, yet or not yet? Now, I was one of the lucky ones. Now, in late 80s when I was first diagnosed, I was told, you're not a candidate. Now, during those years, my white cell count, blood cell count, was low. So I could not take treatment until my white blood cell count went up. So that was a, a factor for me that was unique to me. Now... Now that they've added new drugs and improved the, the cure, do you have to have, like, could you... The uh, white cell count, I don't think, is a factor now with the new meds. Yeah. And when I did take treatment under the old medical regime, my white blood cell count, fortunately, had increased. Mm -hmm. So I was in a good spot to take treatment. Now, even with the eradication of the hepatitis C, I have cirrhosis, which is more damage to the liver. But fortunately... On my last appointment with Dr. Phil, he said your liver is improving. Because it can help, it can get better, right? The liver can fix can itself. regenerate yes. itself. Our organs regenerate yes. themselves every yes. so often. So there's anyway, enough right? good tissue, I think, in the liver where it's improving. Well, considering what you've been through, yeah. oh my God, this is yeah. incredible. And the other thing I want to point out now, um, the book of hepatitis C—it's actually the seven simple strategies to shift from surviving to thriving after hepatitis C. Why did I write this book? Because at the end of treatment, I was a complete basket case. I had been in bed. I, had, I was underweight. I was anemic. I was depressed. And I thought, got to get something in place for people. So I found that through seven simple steps that you follow, you can, you can shift. And a lot of it has to do with what's going on up here. I think... You know, when you have a chronic condition, you, you adopt a mindset of, poor me, I have hepatitis C, I'm not going to get better, you know. And the shift has to start first internally. You know, the mind, as you know, there's a, a really strong connection between the mind and the body. The body has a direct impact on the mind, and in turn, the mind directly influences the body. Well, I think one thing that can uh, immediately help everybody who, who gets the diagnosis is the knowledge that there's a cure. Yeah. Huge. Right? I mean, that is uh, immediately offers hope for people. Yeah. And that some lovely lady, such as yourself, is out there to talk to and to contact because you can give a lot of that inner journey uh, that maybe other people now have to go through validity. Yes. yes. You know, when and you're kind of the way sure on it, you didn't have anybody to cry on the shoulder no, of. You no. didn't have anybody to, oh, it's getting better. Yeah. And so what I'm doing now. Um, I'm offering to empower and mentor others who, who are in the hepatitis C community because I have walked in their shoes. And so what I want to do now is walk with people, sort of taking them by the hand, going through the seven steps, 
and getting helping them to get their life back because when you have hepatitis C it's not pleasant you know and there's so much stigma around hepatitis C yeah there's yeah. really a lot of but we stigma. haven't even talked about that because no, then people another... immediately assume what kind of a lifestyle you exactly. have lived and yes. what's wrong yes. with you quote yes. unquote I mean this is Yeah. For anybody, this is yeah. why people don't talk about sexual abuse and any kind of relationship violence because they don't want to be labeled as kooky or, yeah. you know, having a bad lifestyle in the exactly. past. And, you know, I think, I don't think it's fair to judge people in terms of how they contracted it. It doesn't matter. The point is you have it. Let's get you tested. Let's get you treated so that you can move on with your life. Now, we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to get this one question in, if I may. What about... Uh, people who have hepatitis C and then have children, does is it get passed on to the children necessarily? No, or? I think the percentage for that is very, very low. Okay. I've known of cases where uh, a parent, a mother has had hep C and was not transmitted to her child. I yeah, well, you, like you said, you need the blood-to-blood -blood contact, right? Yeah. 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 It's unusual. Yeah. Well, but I thought because they're sharing the same blood, more or less. I think the I think the the percentage nice. of that is very low, very low. So what what is it that you're offering for people? Do you have like workshops well, coming up, I or do you support actually, people one on one? Yeah, I'm going to support people one on one. I'm going to do. I'm also doing group coaching program, and mm -hmm. I'm creating an online digital program for people that they can go through from the comfort of their own home. And now, if people want to get in touch with me, they can uh, go to my website. MarshaLacour.com mm -hmm. or they can find me on Facebook.com slash shift to thriving. I like that. That's shift my public to thriving. And, and uh, of course, one of the things they can do is just get the book, right? And, yes. And where, where would people get their hands on the book? Um, it's available. It's going to be available. Book launch is actually tomorrow. So really? after tomorrow... Uh, it's going to be available at Amazon.com. Congratulations. Yep. So again, the name of the book, The Book of Hepatitis C, Seven Simple Strategies to Shift from Surviving to Thriving After Hepatitis C. And you are the perfect example of that. Thank you so very much for being here with us today. I and loved being here. I wish you all the best and much success with the Thank work you. with people who have, unfortunately, the same passage that you have been through. Thank you. Thanks so much for being Great here. Great to be here. Thank so you. we have one more guest to come here on thatchannel.com. Stay with us and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.